Hi, I'm Monse, and this is Musings of the Artist, a podcast where I have meaningful conversations with all kinds of artists. Musicians, poets, photographers, and other creatives share their honest stories, touching on the duality of being creative, the pure joy of making art, but also the particular struggles that come with it. And honey, there's no way that I'll ever know oh, everything about you, but oh, how I love what I do. And honey, I love what I don't know, too. Jesse McCall is a Portland-based photographer who has brought her camera on the road capturing the tours of some of your favorite musicians, and more recently can be found diving into the mystical world of underwater photography. I've been photographed by her a number of times, and I can tell you the magic she creates is something wonderfully unique. We cover many topics in this episode, including the truth of what we don't always see behind fame, success, or simply someone's Instagram feed the vulnerability of being single, and the growth that happens in a partnership, finding beauty in our bodies no matter what shape or size we are, and Jessie shares who's inspiring her to feel comfortable in her own skin. She tells us what she does to get on the other side of a bad day, the story of her mother's incredible life as a journalist for Life magazine, and her own artistic path as a photographer with an emphasis on capturing the evocative, raw nature of humanity. We talk about so much more, and if you're an artist, or you just have an artist's soul, I think so many things in this conversation are gonna speak to you. The photos she captures are some of the most striking images I've come across. And as you'll hear, her story is just as captivating. I love Jesse, and I know you will too. So here is my conversation with Jesse McCall. It's what I don't So Jesse, you are my housemate and my friend, and um, you know professionally you're a photographer, and I feel like I shouldn't just say a photographer because you, to me feels so much more than that. You're such an artist, um, and your photographs are just stunning, and um, and you're I mean you're hands down one of my favorite photographers, um, and you photograph um, all all kinds of things and people and um, we want to talk about all of that but before we get into all the details of your work can you tell me a little bit about who you are beyond what you do like how do you just begin to describe yourself oh my god just dive right I, get, I know I get right in there <laughs> oh I have such I have, the douchiest thing that comes to my mind is an anecdote about when Maya Angelou sat me down. <laughs> like, I can't start it out like this. Cut this yes! Out. No, no, do it! <laughs> <laughs> when Maya Angelou sat me down when I was, like, 14 years old and said, tell me everything about yourself, and I had wow. no idea what to say. Even though at the time I was sitting across from Maya Angelou and I thought... I, I didn't... I wasn't... I hadn't read many of her books. I knew she was renowned, but I didn't think... I, I wasn't starstruck. I just was like you seem like a nice older woman. I don't know what to say to you about this. Yeah. I'm 14 and I just bought a 50 cent CD from Costco that I'm really anxious to listen to in your driveway. Like wow. the angst. Flash forward, you know, to me now at 29. Um, I still don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, it's a very loaded question and it can probably change. Well, it does change, of course, you know, 
throughout your life. But yeah. um, It's broad. But so, I mean, I would say like externally, I identify as a photographer, Um, you know, a lesser glamorous uh thing that I do is I'm a landlord <laughs> and someone who <laughs> and manages an a- yeah, <laughs> love it landlord and housemate and someone yes. who manages an Airbnb um that helps keep me afloat when times are slow monetarily with photography um but yeah I mean I'm a photographer and a creative and someone who's passionate about travel and um maintaining connection with people and the friends that I've made all over the world yeah I would if I was describing you I would that's I would say you're a traveler and you're a a person with lots of depth and I've learned this about you from our like late night conversations pretty much every night (laughs) which has been um you know you're just a really um soulful person and um that's why I'm like really excited to dive in with you on like and record it so people can hear some of this depth, you know, because they don't know you. (laughs) This is going to be such a good um, exercise for receiving praise. It's hard to do, isn't it? it is such a reaction to want to be like, no, 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 I'm not that great. It's fine. But I think something I've been working on in the last few years and that I try to encourage in my friends is when someone presents you with, you know, praise and, and acknowledging like things that you've done, like, soak it in take it accept it learn how to like not feel queasy or undeserving when it comes your way but right now I'm feeling a real like practice of that advice that I dish out because I'm just like ooh, really like it it is hard right it's it's um I think most of us have that you know it's very are we trained like I think you're you're trained that when you grow up modesty and being polite is Mm. to to not let to not be full of yourself, but to receive that praise and to be grateful for it yeah. is not being full of yourself. It's being, no. it's, it's representing strength and it's, and it's honestly the truth. If someone's presenting you with that, they feel it gives something to them to give praise to you. Totally. So to be able to make someone feel good about themselves. Yeah. So I think it's a real beautiful exercise to like sit in that and learn how to yeah. receive it. So I'll do my best. <laughs> well, I think too that good. I think that it's, um, it's such a disservice to see the beauty in others and not speak it, you know? And that's what, something I'm learning too is like a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, that'd be kind of weird to tell that person that X, Y, like all these things I love about them. But I I don't know, it's so much rather come off as like a little bit too much and say that than hold it in because I know how good it feels to receive that. You know, like you said, it may be uncomfortable in a bit, but for a bit, but it's also really wonderful to, I mean, my therapist will do that with me a lot. She'll tell me all these nice things about me and she's like, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) I don't know. I feel weird about it, (laughs) but I actually really appreciate it. You know, it's really... Um, and I think it's, we're so damn hard on ourselves all the time and it's so important to, to, yeah, to see all the facets of our personas and how we come across. And it's nice to know that we're loved and that we're seen, you know? Yeah. The irony is that I've, my entire life, I've always been someone to like write someone a card telling them how great they are or Mm. speak it when I feel it or be overly sentimental. I've got like dozens of like love letters and friend notes that date back to when I was in third grade that will show you the history of my sentimentality and, like, pouring my guts out. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it's, 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 you know, the irony is that I can dish it, but it's really hard, hard to, to receive, receive it. it. So, I, yeah, I get, I get it. I get that. Yeah. Well, I want to, um, go back actually a moment when you were talking about Maya Angelou. Um, I'm, suppose you met her through your mother. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a bit about your mom and her incredible yeah. life a little bit? Cause you, for those listening who don't know this, um, well, we should, talk about all your Instagram handles because if you're on Instagram you need to follow Jessie she's amazing um all everything you do is just like I'm always so inspired by all your posts um here we go again right I know like (laughs) thank you I just don't want to talk over you because I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I'm like I don't want it to be too jumbled I sometimes talk over people and I that's one of my I hate that I do that but anyways okay so you can talk over me all you want um (laughs) so um um, well, can you first maybe mention the handle for your mom's, um, for your Instagram that you do to honor your mom? Because it's such a beautiful honoring to her. Yeah, it's, um, at Felicity Buckwinder on Instagram, um, spelled Felicity Buckwinder. It's how it sounds. Uh, just, you can search it. If you don't find it, you'll find we'll pu- it. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's what they say. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. Look in the show notes, you guys. Um, Yeah, so I started this project to honor my mom um, when I was feeling, I mean, ever since I lost her when I was 15 to a rapidly spreading cancer called small oat cell cancer, um, I've been sort of hungry for a way to pay tribute to her and her amazing life. Um, Something that she left me were uh, 15 journals that I've had the pleasure of of going through whenever I feel like I need some connection with her. And she lives such an amazing life, such an amazing life as a, um, as a journalist and then as an, a lawyer and advocate for, um, children and for people that couldn't really represent themselves. She did that in her journalism mm-hmm. as well, that I really wanted to, I really wanted people of my generation to see that. <laughs> And, you know, Life Magazine isn't a thing anymore. And that's what she worked for for 10 years and people and Rolling Stone. And, and yeah, and through that, she met some very interesting, um, famous people, names that we would all recognize. But there's also the lesser known parts of her journey, which is um, battling depression and being a survivor of... Um, child molestation when she was eight by her stepfather and just navigating life having all of this baggage and experience mixed with um being an incredibly ambitious woman in a time where it was probably a bit hard to be an ambitious woman and um and yeah these these journals just tell an amazing story albeit just from her perspective um but there's something about, like, because she was a journalist, they they read very well. So I just post these captions under these photos that I have found in boxes um, to kind of give the world just an idea of who she was. And I I don't know what my hope is for it. Yeah. I just do it because I feel compelled. Yeah. And everybody loves a good story. And it seems to be really meaningful for a lot of people, people that know me, people that don't know me, complete strangers. There's something about her story and the way that she writes that really resonates. And I think in this day and age with social media and everything that we're looking for, I think one of the things we're 
the most hungry for is just some bit of authentic connection. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sell anybody anything, and I'm just trying to be really transparent and honest, and not just like, here's my mom with Maya Angelou, or Kurt Vonnegut, or you know, Willie Nelson, it's like, here's the story, here's a little bit about that, here's a picture Mm -hmm. of it, here's a follow-up two or three posts later about, like, her insecurities around this story that she's writing about Willie Nelson or, you know, the undertones. Which is so beautiful. I think that that highlights something that we've talked about a lot, too, is this notion that, you know, it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in. I think a lot of people look at successful people, famous people, and think, that they don't have any issues and that they're just, oh, they don't have any insecurities and they don't have any depression and it's not true at all. You know, it's like they're human too and they, and sometimes it's even amplified because of all the success that they've had, you know? Um, so I think it's really um, lovely that you show that part of her too. That's like, mm-hmm. like you just said, it's not just showing the fo- the cool photo, but it's also showing the reality behind the photo and it's how beautiful that she left you that gift. You know, yeah. and did, did you know a lot of the stuff about her before? Is it all very surprising to you? There were the stories that would come out around the dinner table at Thanksgiving when, you know, 20 of her closest friends would be there and it would be, you know, the story that would be so captivating. And But of course, my recollection of them is as like a eight year old, 10 year old. 12 year old whatever I you know your perception changes so much and the way that we reflect on those memories is so different so reading these and maybe the way she reflected on them was different in her own mind so reading these journals and these uh recollections of these very interesting encounters um paints paints a much more vivid picture but yeah no I mean 15 journals over the course of like probably 12 years, there's so much in there that I never knew about. She was, um, I mean, she, she was going into law school when she got pregnant with me. And so by the time I was born and, you know, coherent enough to remember, she was well into a career as a family law attorney. Yeah. So she wrote a, a joking, or she joked in an email that she wrote to Maya Angelou when she was sick, which is featured on the page if you want to read it. Um, that she felt like she had gone into the witness protection program because her life was so vastly different than what it was when she had met Maya or, you know, been living in New York or San Francisco as a journalist. Mm. So, no, yeah, the woman that she painted for me was very strict and said she never did drugs in her life (laughs) and, you know, was very... um, I guess she knew... the capability of a young woman in this world and like the trouble we could all get into and uh so yeah she she had a tight leash that I was pretty hell-bent on uh getting off of me and skating around so wow I wonder you just from the from what I read and that on the account and knowing you you know there seems like there's so many parallels between your lives and um I don't really know if I have a question about that this is more of a statement which is just really um, interesting and really cool. I mean, I wonder if you have any comfort in that when you are, yeah. I don't know, going through something hard and kind of... I would say so. I would yeah. say that um, reading some of her stories about being backstage or dealing with some of her romances with musicians, yes. and um, I definitely know the struggle. So there's a lot... There's a, I almost felt like I was getting a sense of motherly advice uh, from the afterlife, you know? because 
I had these artifacts and these recollections because that's how we generally that's how we relate to people I mean we can listen and we can hold space but we also tell we comfort with stories of our own personal experience and so I feel like yeah I mean there are there are so many parallels and uh I don't know where I would I don't know where I'd be now without him I'm sure some some part of me was always influenced by her stories and the glamour of it all to Mm -hmm. be in a to, to take a career that would put me backstage or with musicians or in very interesting places totally yeah and you mentioned the um the heartbreak of the romance (laughs) with musicians little asterisk um I I wanted to talk about this a little bit with you um and I'm not sure where this will take us because um of course there's things we want to keep private so (laughs) we will I mean you know that we've talked about that we don't want everyone to know about but I, I will say that um, so, something I haven't really talked about on the podcast much is about dating and romance and sort of the hard parts about it. Yeah. Um, and um, it's one of my favorite topics. Yeah. <laughs> we can dive right in. I mean, we talk about it a lot. So, yeah. um, well, I, I will say that I'll start off by saying, you know, like I kind of recently had, was going through a little bit of a, a heartbreak. Um, and it's funny because I. I felt really silly about it, and I was so grateful to you for allowing me to be so, like, open and vulnerable about it, and let let me cry, and just let me feel what I felt, and just, you, I felt very seen, you know, when we talked about it, and, um, I don't know, I just, I think that when it comes to, it's, it's all hard, dating's hard, the, you know, breakups are hard, um, courting is hard. Being in a relationship is hard. There's so many different layers to it all. And um, I don't know. I think it's really important that we have, find these people, that, like friendships, that we can be raw and open with. And just even if you do feel silly, like, oh, why do I care about this? You know, like, it doesn't matter because you do, you know. And um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that other than just to open up a conversation about, um, about this topic. Because sure. I feel like... Um, yeah, I just feel like you're somebody, and I, I do not have this with everybody, that I can really talk about my inner feelings about guys that I'm dating or I that mean, I'm hung up on or that I'm not hung up on, you know, all the things. I'll get lost <laughs> if we try to go down. Everything. You know, no, I mean, like, we could talk about about men and heartbreak and, and your relationship with yourself and all of that yeah. until the cows come home. I was going to say that I would get lost if we were to, you know, go towards politics or, you know worldly issues or science or math or anything that is is heady or regard or you know needs facts for it like I am much more of a uh feelings kind of person yeah and I think that is I you know bring that to my work too in a big way and so yeah I mean we can talk about relationship I talk about it on my Instagram I'm I'm somewhat private but I'm not that private I've always wanted to be candid about the real side of things. I um, just recently got into a relationship uh, that is four months fresh uh, after being single for eight years, pretty much the majority of my 20s. And there I went through every cycle Mm -hmm. of self-doubt and self-loathing and questioning and highs and lows and excitement and heartbreak in that eight years. Totally. And um, it was really important for me to do it, though, because of the relationships I had when I was in my late teens and early 20s. 
really rocked me and left me feeling, uh, left me with a lot of questions, left me thinking about who I was and what I could trust in myself and who I could bring to the table to be a partner. And so for, you know, probably the first four or five years, I really needed to be free and be spontaneous and have the opportunity to go down whatever avenue. So I, I feel, I feel like I can relate and I can, I enjoy holding the space to talk about it. And I mean, like my issues never end. We're alive in this world and it's hard. And the minute you go from being single and alone for eight years into a full on relationship of like outer space blasted love madness you know then there's a whole new bag of things that I'm currently dealing with and there's nothing that brings me more peace and self-assuredness than just the sharing of experience so I love I'll I've been hitting my friends up that have been in like long relationships um or long-term relationships long-distance relationships and just being like please tell me everything like is this normal is this is this feeling that I'm having like should I be alarmed or is this okay and um yeah yeah, everything I thought I'd figured out about myself by being alone I realized there's still so much more work to do and it is nothing like a a relationship to bring that all up (laughs) yeah you know I think I mean nothing like being single and nothing like a relationship like it's 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 no matter what you do like you're gonna be triggered by something totally I remember like my last serious relationship I've only had actually like if I'm getting personal here but like I've only had one very serious relationship and other than that it's just been like dating you know um and I remember like when I was with that guy um it was like you know we were talking about get married and um and all that, and I remember thinking and telling him at the time, too, like, oh, I'm so glad, because my, my roommate was dating all these, like, guys, all these, like, bozos, and you know, they just, like, were terrible, and I was like, oh, a lot of bozos, there are a lot of bozos, yeah, so I was, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore, and then, like, we broke up, like, you know, I don't know, a couple months later, and then I was dealing with that again, you know, it's, like, it's always a wave, you know, and mm-hmm. I love what you were saying to me, too, when it was, like, well, you, you know, when I was talking about this guy, and you're like, man, I don't, like, you're saying, like, I don't want to go back, I, I wouldn't want to go back to that, like, that's, I hate that, but then you're like, but also being in a relationship brings up stuff, too, and I love that on your Instagram, like, you know, um, you are candid about it, it's like, you're not, you know, you said, you said to me, like, you know, it's so easy to look at Instagram and think, like, oh, this is, like, a perfect relationship, and I think so many couples do that, you know, where it's, like, it does look like, oh, we're so in love, and it's like, they can be so in love, but it doesn't mean they're not fighting, too, and not having you know, their insecurities or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, it's just, you're two different people coming together and it's going to be complicated. (laughs) And it's just a fine line when you're on the internet because as we were, I think we were talking about this last night, like you want, I don't post to try to get likes or to get engagement, but I think about what I'm putting out there and I think like, is this possibly going to like, what am I, what am I doing by saying this, you know? And, and so I, I do my best to not 
to try to not complain too much or to use Instagram as like a place where I'm seeking some kind of um, validation mm-hmm. from stuff. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm sure some part of me and deep in my psyche is. I think we're all a little we're hungry for that validation and the likes and it feels really, you know, gooey and great when, you know, you get a lot of them. But um, but when I post about really personal stuff, I, I try to think about, like, where is my empowered stance in this? Like, what did I learn? Where What can I put out there for people so that they feel connected and not like I'm looking for sympathy or anything like that like yeah I mean in my last or whatever a couple posts ago I was talking about you know my relationship and how it's long distance and how that's hard or how it's been such a learning experience and it's very interesting to go from being meeting someone and spending a magical four days together to a month apart to living together for two and a half months to another month apart and then he comes back and we'll see how it all unfolds. Right. Stay tuned <laughs> to my love life. <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean it's it's I want to be candid about it because like yeah, on my stories or all what I'm posting is like of course I'm not posting us fighting. I'm not posting us arguing about fucking petty shit in the in the kitchen, you know? I'm I'm posting us on a hike, like loving each other and having the best time because like life is hard enough. We don't go on Instagram to be bombarded by everybody's problems. We want to feel connected. We want to escape. We want to dream. We want to feel inspired. And I think if I'm, you know, when I'm thinking about my content, I would like to be inspiring at the very least. I would like, or I don't know, I guess I would like connection at the very most and to just be able to give something back that is has some element of positivity in it even if it's me admitting that I'm having a hard time because it makes somebody else out there feel less alone That's you know the hope. yeah well I think so it's funny because I we talked about, about this yesterday but like I posted something recently where like you know I was moving through some sadness myself and um and I was I was writing about it and I had this I got this new gratitude journal and I what I love about this journal is that it has um a top part where you can put your, um, like, three things you're feeling grateful for that day, right? Or whatever. Um, and then the bottom part is, in this moment, I am dot, dot, dot. And I love that because it's, the way I take it is it's leaving room for both the space to feel happy and grateful for things. And also, you can feel whatever the hell you're feeling in that moment, even if it's really sad, deeply sad and moving through some sort of pain. Um, and I, anyways, I wrote about that cause I was writing just that I was writing about things that was like moving here to Portland, how happy I am and, um, and things like that. And I was also talking about just feeling like moving through some disappointment, you know, um, in the romance area and just feeling like sad about something. And, um, and I posted it and I was kind of like hesitant to post it because I was like, Oh, this is a little bit like vulnerable and whatever. But I thought, you know, there has to be other people out there too, who, like maybe feel a little bit confused when they feel these like dual emotions like sad and also really grateful and happy and there's this there's like I want people to know that it's totally okay to live in both places you know um so anyways I posted that and then um you know it got so many messages both like on like the post and also privately saying like oh I'm so sorry to hear you're sad I was like no it's like not why I was posting that you know not like looking for sympathy at all it's like actually I don't don't want that almost I mean it's very kind and of them to to reach out like that but but yeah but just to your point like that's why 
that was my intention to post it was to to help other people feel yeah to be honest in vulnerability yeah. but I think we're we're trained want to help you know yeah. we want to reach out we want to soothe we want to make sure things are okay for the people in our lives totally and, totally and, um and we're it took me a long time to acknowledge that my sadness that I would I mean like I've struggled with depression off and on my entire life I'm sure that some of that's genetic and um you know, I would have days where I would wake up feeling like the worst person in the world, like a total failure, like life was falling apart on me, like I was incapable of doing anything, and it felt like the end of the world because I had this mentality that, like, you know, success is happiness all of the time, right. and um, that's not true. Yep. And I think when you start to, like, move through life and you do, you go into the self-help section or you start really diving into your psyche or, like, ways to soothe yourself growing up, you learn that, like, sadness and, and admitting those things is totally okay, but if you haven't done that work or or maybe you misconstrue something or whatever, then, you know, the reaction is to, like, you're okay, it's fine, like, can I help, like, what's going on, you know? Right. So right, that's right. what I try to be careful of when I post, because I'm, like, I hope I hope that I'm, like, putting this out there in the way that I intend. Right, right, you know? right. But so yeah, I think exactly. it's really commendable that you were vulnerable, and it's just part, it's just part of the learning process of, like, you know? And it's not it's not a bad thing. Like, what did you receive? Like, you you felt self-conscious that you were putting something out and that you were like, oh, no, I wasn't looking for, like, I'm doing fine, I'm great. It just had a bad day. Yeah. But on the flip side, the gratitude part of it, the enriching part of it is how many people reached out to, like, check in on you. Which is very sweet. Cared and, you know, and so that's, like, the self-love bit there is just saying, like, you didn't do anything wrong, and it's okay if people thought you were having a hard time. And just receive that instead of, like, feeling like, oh, no, it's almost like I feel like I didn't want to burden burden them with that. Sure, You know, like, no, 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 I was doing this to help, not, not, you know, make something more difficult, but that's, you know, speaking it out loud sounds a little ridiculous when I say it, so, (laughs) yeah. I think so. Thanks. Yeah. Um... Okay, woo, I got, like, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about... I know, it's easy for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We can drive in a million different directions. So true. Good luck keeping yeah. this on. <laughs> It'll be, like, three hours later. Probably. <laughs> You're going to have to do some editing. <laughs> um, I Something you also touched on a little bit um, earlier is, like, I want to talk about, and one, one of my favorite topics is art and vulnerability, and I think that really applies to the work you do, especially, because... You were photographing people. I can't think of anything much more vulnerable than that. It's like being, you know, um, having that connection with the person, the subject, you know, and the model, the person who's um, having to just really show themselves and, and um, you capture them in a maybe very vulnerable moment when they're naked a lot of the times, when they're nude, um, or, you know, backstage or whatever it may be. Um, and I don't know, I want to just, like, get your thoughts on that and, like, how, um, I, I guess... Something I've told you a lot is that, because um, I really feel it, you do a lot of nude photography and underwater photographs, which are just stunning. And Yeah, just in this last year, though. This, right, the newer very, thing, it's right? It's a very new thing for me, yeah. So, one thing I just, I really, I think I really respond to them because it's, in the age where there's so many pictures of, like, you know, um, there's so many nude photographs out there, but a lot of times they're like over sexualized and when i see your photos i don't feel that at all i feel like they're they can, like i mentioned to you before it can be sensual 
but they're just, it's just art and beauty to me. Like, it's just so beautiful. And I don't know, I just wanted to get your, your, whatever your words are around, wrapped around that, you know, yeah. around art and vulnerability and in, in, in your world. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been drawn to capturing the vulnerable side of things or the raw, the explicit side. Um, in my music photography, it was geared towards um, moments that people were having in the crowd. I wasn't so much fascinated by the pyro and the lasers or the lights on stage. I mean, there was a time, for, you know, there's a time for that. Click, click, click. You got the images. Dude singing into a mic, dude rocking out on guitar. You know, what am I going to do for the next rest, you know, the next hour at this place? Um, especially when you're doing 28 shows on a tour and you're getting these asks to produce different content when everything is the same and the only different thing the only changing variable is the city you're in and the people in the crowd so that's where I first started to realize my fascination with capturing um that sort of raw um subject matter because it wasn't hey smile it was I'm walking through the crowd and I see a moment and I hold the camera above my head with my flash and I just take a picture and I've got one chance to get it and I just I it's like drive by just do a drive by or I'm in the front row and I'm taking the picture but I'm conditioning them the entire night because I've been taking their photos so they start to realize I'm going to photograph them more if they're not smiling or posing for me for mm -hmm. the most part so I think it's just to backtrack a little bit, it's, for me, like, I have been doing photography since I was in high school. I started when I was 14 years old in the dark room, 35 millimeter, 35 millimeter like, developing my own film, um, and printing in the lab, and, and so, like, I've been, I've been in critique or in the practice of it for a very long time, but I didn't start doing it professionally until I was 22, so which was 2012, um, and even then professionally was like, hi, will you pay me 50 bucks to like take pictures at your show? And I look back at those photos and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> terrible. But in that time frame, when you're developing as an artist, you're just, I shouldn't say you, it's me, it's my experience. I was just searching for my voice or for what I connected with. And and it's so easy to get wrapped up in what you think people want yeah. to see or what they're going to pay you for. And so, I mean, I produced a lot of work. I'm like, is this how you take a picture of, like, a you know, a glass of wine on a table? Like, do I want to do restaurant photography? I just want anyone to pay me. I want to feel validated. And if I get a check, then I'm validated in this process. So there's this learning curve of like, what's my voice? What do I care about? What do I see? And what do I want to give back through my art? So it wasn't until I was on that tour that I really started to connect in to that in, two, in 2015 when this amazing trance group picked me up out of literally like nothing and chucked me on a tour bus. And for two months, I was their, um, their official photographer with very little experience. Um, and they have huge crowds. They sell out, you know, Madison Square Garden. They're mm -hmm. amazing. So this was an incredible opportunity and also a lot of pressure. And I was working harder than I've ever worked in my life because I was learning all the time. So things were slow for me. But yeah, in that process, I mean, you shoot every day, day in, day out. If I wasn't shooting the crowd in the shows, I was shooting the artists backstage or going on a 
field trip or like a day off thing and you know it just was hungry to create these images so in that process I found I found my niche I found like what I cared about yes and that was showing these real moments and showing um like the humanity of 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 I don't know what's inside of us all yeah. and if if it's the nitty-gritty or you look tired or you got bags under your eyes I'm like yeah that's what <laughs> I'm so hungry for right right um Flash forward, I mean, we all get bored. So it's like if you're not growing, I don't know what they say, like if you're not growing as an artist, then you're not doing something right. Um, but, you know, I was I was so hungry to still be doing music photography and, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that want you to just take pictures of the crowd and, like, the crowd looking high or tired or sad or you know emotive they want like girls in the front with boobs and like looking cute and peace signs and the thing like for the most part they want like here's our show here's how fun it is this could be you um so womp womp I find what I love and I don't know how marketable it really is to the industry that I really want to be in that paired with the fact that people it's really hard to make money in the music industry. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that I have some friends. I mean, we don't know. I don't know what anyone's making when right. they when they get these big ticket artists and they're on tour with them all the time. Um, I'm, they're on salary, I'm sure, but I don't know what those numbers look like because we're all pretty private about what we're making for whatever reason, which I also hate. But Because um, I think if we could all just be collectively yeah. in touch about that, then there could be a standard and there wouldn't be this like hunger to undercut just to get work. Um... But yeah, so once I realized like music wasn't going to sustain me and I was feeling so kicked in the guts and this was last year essentially because I had tried. I had been like, oh, let me shoot your show. I'll do it for free. I, mm. I make the joke that like I feel like a vacuum salesman going from door to door being like, look at my wares. Like I swear it's a better vacuum than the one you already have. Like <laughs> right. let me, let me, can I come in? Can I vacuum for you? Like let me into your green room. I'll show you that I'm cool. Like that I can hang out and that I'm small and that like I can fit in yeah. and um, it just got so tiring and especially when yeah. someone was like, I'll pay you you know $300 for you to work for six hours and I'm like what <laughs> no simultaneously I'm doing weddings and I'm making a lot more money for my time and that's feeling really enriching and valuable to me mm -hmm. so I'm like great what do I do now flashback to um last June I was just like feeling like I was at a crossroads I didn't know what I wanted to do I was feeling really disenchanted I love music, but I feel undervalued. We, you know, what does that mean for, yeah. for me? Um, and I was kind of just reaching out in a lot of different directions, and it's kind of amazing just how the world works in your favor as long as you're open to receiving it. Yes. I was down in L.A. Um, at my friend Whitney's house, and his housemate at the time, Aga, was there, and she just said in passing, hey, have you ever heard of Birdie? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. The artist? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like on Instagram, I was like, no, I don't know what that is. She's like, oh, she's a she's a uh, photographer that comes to field trip. You don't know her? That's crazy. She's like so popular. Um, she's doing this call to photograph people underwater um, for free, and you just have to like message her and see what's up there. So I just was like, 
cool. Like, oh. I want to be photographed underwater. Why not? That sounds interesting. And I looked at her work, and it was beautiful. And it's it's a lot um, of the way that you describe my work, too. It's, yeah. it's not over-sexualized. It's honest. It's gorgeous. And it feels artful. Mm-hmm. So I felt really confident about, like, working with her. Um, so I messaged her, and I was in L.A., and she was... Uh, from Florida at the time, but was going to be in LA in a month. And she was like, great. Do you know a pool? Do you know a body of water? And I was like, no. Like I re I reached out to a couple of my friends and I was like, do you guys have pools? And everyone was like, no. The one person that I know, um, that works for someone famous name shall not be mentioned here. Uh, I was like, can we use his pool? Because I've been in it before. And he was like, no, I'm this person's personal assistant. I house it for them. Absolutely not gonna not. work. Like, yeah. Shit, that was my like my my go-to. Um, so I messaged her and said, "Hey, I don't have anything to offer in LA. I still really want to work with you. Would you want to come to Nevada City, the hometown where I grew up, um, on a leap of faith and photograph up there? We have a very we have a beautiful river that I would love for you to um, experience and be a part of." And and I was. I was like, I'll arrange a place for you to stay. Um, my like, my aunt has a Airstream trailer, um, so I'll put you up. So I'll cool. organize other models for you or people that might be interested. Um, and so I produced whatever. Like I produced, I curated like a vacation, you know, four or five days for her. But she took the leap of faith to like rent a car from LA and drive up yeah. to meet someone she had never even talked to on the phone. Um, that was just an Instagram connection. Yeah. So, like, talk about a leap of faith on both of our our ends. And so she came up, and we worked together for a few days. And she photographed me, but I I was kind of always alongside her, helping her photograph or like assisting her grabbing yeah. friends, bringing them in. And so I watched how she worked, wow. and I was like wow, this looks really fun. I could do this. But there's this really scary and delicate balance to being like, am I stealing your craft? Mm. You know? So I was feeling really inspired. Finally, you know, it's been all this time. I'm like floating through, grasping for something that's going to um, spark my curiosity and give me a little bit of motivation. And here it is right in front of me, yet I feel like I'm about to rip someone off if I try it for myself. Wow. So, but, you know, what do you do when you feel that way? You just ask. You just talk to somebody. You know, you don't have to, don't let it limit you. So... I, I asked her, you know, what housing do you use? What, you know, what's, what are we working with here? And it was super, it it was a pretty simple investment. Like she shot some of them on her iPhone when she had forgot her housing one day. So it was like, I was like, fuck, like those images are beautiful. I can do this. Yeah. We had such a good time. I chatted with her. She gave me the okay to, to the blessing, you know, I mean, I could have done whatever I wanted, but But I really... it's just nice to feel that, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's the honor code, you know, of asking, and, um, and then from there, I just jumped, just jumped right in, and started doing it myself, and playing, and for the first time since high school, really, or since, like, community college after high school, um, I felt like I did in the dark room. I would, I would get my images and put them in the light room and I would, you know, immediately after the shoot and go through and edit them. And, and I was excited again. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing because I'm not, I thought I was going to have to break up with my art. I thought I was going to have to like 
go get a suit and tie job or like work at a restaurant again. I didn't know because I was just like, my heart's not in this. And if my heart is not in my craft, how the hell am I going to succeed without like, it's one thing maybe if you have the notoriety and you've like shot all these people and you're in high demand, but I'm still climbing the ladder. Like I'm still constantly trying to show people what I'm capable of. And that's such a cool story because I think it's so important for people to hear that. Like, it's not stealing, especially the way you went about it, you know, and I think it's like we we all need people and things to inspire us, you know, and to light that fire again, you know, and to have it. And I'm imagining that probably because, you know, you don't only do underwater photographs, of course, it's what you're focusing on right now, but you do still do some music photography and you do some weddings and I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining that having that newfound passion with the underwater can probably um, kind of re-inspire you in the other areas as well. Yeah, it it gives a little bit of space and it feeds it, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of getting some extra gas in my tank, you know? It just, I felt like I was constantly running on empty and now because I have something that inspires me to work on even if I'm not getting paid for it in my, or I'm starting to get paid for it, yay. Um, Delicate dance there as well though, uh, of taking something you love and then introducing yeah. money into it. But, um, yeah, to, to be able to, to do that in my spare time and feel like, oh, okay, ooh, I just went to this person's house, they have a cool pool, yeah. or, like, I went to this river spot and it's got a great thing, and then you meet someone, like, I've just loved meeting people and been like, do you want to be one of my subjects? And then they look at my work and they're like, Hell, Hell yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> totally. and then, so, like, yeah, so what happened for me was I found this underwater photography thing, I found that working, like, in the nude or mostly nude was, like, timeless and vulnerable and kind of reminiscent of, like, these old paintings that we would see on church ceilings and things like that, and, and I was, I just felt really compelled to keep creating that type of art, and then when I would work with these people that are normal people, they're not models, they're not Instagram famous, they have I mean, I've got to work with a couple that have some real practice in it, but for the most part, I'm working with very normal people, and, like, the more normal, the better, in my mind. Right. And when I can deliver them their images, and I get the response that I've been getting, like, there's nothing more enriching than that. Yeah. And sometimes I get that when I do crowd photos, because I give someone a photo, and they're like, oh my god, I love seeing myself at this event that I love going to. Yeah. And that feeds me. Whereas, like, I give an artist, like, a big-time artist a photo of them on stage, they don't usually think twice about mm. it, because they're getting them from every angle, they know what it feels like to be captured, like, you know, I'm, there's, there's just, I'm getting what I'm getting from giving is feels really symbiotic and, like, mm. really, like, a beautiful relationship. Yeah, totally. You're both getting something from that. Yeah. Right? You're both, and, yeah, that's such a beautiful thing. And it's a little scary because yeah. sometimes you're working with body issues and things like sure. that, and you give someone something, and if they are like, oh, I look ugly, I feel fat, like, that makes me feel sad because oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. what you're seeing is so not what I see. Right, right. Obviously, I wouldn't give you a photo that I think you would hate. Yeah. So... Far so good, though, in the water situation, I haven't had that. Like, I haven't had anybody feel overly critical. Rather, I've had people cry and say and feel like, you know, maybe they were turning 40 and feeling like they were moving out of their prime, and then they see themselves underwater, and they're like, like, I'm banging! Totally, totally. Yeah. So that's cool. That's what, yeah. Anyways, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to say that, like, 
uh, another one of our housemates <laughs> and I were talking about that because I was like, oh, when I was in college, um, I had a photographer friend who went to RISD. I went to Berkeley, like, you know, in uh, Boston. She was in um, Rhode Island and she like begged me to take photos of me in the nude. And I was like, no, you know, which is so silly that I said no, because I've never been one to be shy about that. But like I said, and now I'm like, yes, take my photo. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, um, I don't know. I think when it's with somebody that you trust and, you know, it's just, and you're, I mean, I can't imagine anyone better than you to, to be the photographer in that because you make everybody feel so safe and, um, and seen and yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Thank you. rambling on, but <laughs> um, I'll take it. <laughs> I was gonna say that you know I was really interested when you were just talking about um, sort of feeling uninspired with your and disconnected from your craft for a bit, and um, feeling like not sh- sure of where you were gonna go next. And I heard recently, I think it was on a podcast with um, Elizabeth Gilbert. She was talking about love her. I love her so her much. Her book. Um... What's the the magic? Oh, oh, big magic! Big magic! Love that book. That book came to me at like the best time. Oh yes, she's just really incredible. It. Yeah, yeah, she's a force. I mean, love you, Liz. Yes, we love you. <laughs> um, she <laughs> was. Um, I think she was talking about this thing of passion, and that, she, and she said that I don't want to say this wrong, but paraphrasing here, but in essence, basically, that's. You know, a lot of people come to her and say, well, what, and what if I'm not passionate about anything? Or, and she's, her basic message was like, just get curious. Mm-hmm. Like, get curious about things that you're sort of... Oh, I listened to you. that same podcast. Okay. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. It yeah. definitely struck a chord. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Because, yeah, even if we, like, you know, you identify as a photographer and that's your art, but, like... They're of course, it's so natural to go through times where you're not inspired. Just like the songwriter is going to go through times when they're not, you know, writing songs or inspired to, or poet or painter, all everyone, you know. And the um, most frustrating part, though, is like by the time you're like, okay, I'm ready to be curious yeah. now. I'm ready. Like I don't feel defeated. I'm ready for what's next. Usually, there's quite a bit of space after that too. Like totally. my curiosity hit me in the side of the face. I didn't know I was curious about taking underwater photos. I knew that I was intrigued to be featured. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, she's got a following. Like, I've I've recently embraced, like, that I'm okay being nude Mm -hmm. out in Mm -hmm. the world. I was very, I was a very private child or, like, a teenager. Like, as much, I would wear, like, you know, skanky clothes, maybe trying to be more adult than I actually was. But, like, for the most part, I was very... Uh, ashamed of my body being like five foot one and slightly underdeveloped as a kid or like while all my girlfriends were like growing big beautiful boobs I was very flat chested and while they were getting all the attention from the boys I was over on the sidelines like hello notice me (laughs) I swear I'm hot too um you know so I think it took me a while to be like oh I love my body like Yes. I don't gain weight. That's crazy. Like, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, like, my boobs don't go anywhere because they are so tiny. Like, I don't have back problems. Like, that's, like, you know, finding the gratitude totally. in, like, my body. And, and then, we all have it, depending on whatever our body shapes are. Yeah. Like, there's the benefits of it. And there's everything. It, it's funny, too. Like, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot in so many of my conversations with female friends. We, you know, talk about um, our bodies and our 
um, struggles and, you know, I've, I've gone through my phase of, of being, um, you know, way too thin, which wasn't the place that my body was supposed to be in, you know? Um, and it's funny how, like, we, I think we all sort of fight what we are given and then it comes to a certain point, at least I've got into where you are at now too, where it's like, I'm very happy with my body the way it is. And of course it's not perfect, but it's, I, I feel but what good. Is what is perfect? Well, a hundred percent. I'm hoping that like in this yeah. day and age, we're starting to confront that idea totally. because I think there are a lot of photographers. Can you hear that? What is that? It's fireworks. Oh, it's fire. Enough of the fireworks. For it's the record, the- it is July 10th, everybody. <laughs> it's time to put them to bed. Okay, They're scaring enough. the dogs. And the cats. Yeah. What we think. We don't know. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but we're in a time where we're where we're being more open to like this is the body you know that is not on the billboards but maybe now it is right, like here's right. someone who was considered overweight but it's like their comfortable weight it's the place their body exactly. wants to be and i think that's so beautiful when i see somebody comfortable in their skin no matter what they're it shines so much sh- brighter 100%. than anyone who's starving themselves totally. or you know or hiding like it comes feeling from like, within that beauty definitely. and that confidence if you can find that within yourself like definitely and that will just shine through and people will find that attractive definitely. and sexy definitely. and yeah yeah and then and with guys too I mean I don't need like even like I'd never even think about that and like my attraction to somebody you know it's not about like if they have a six-pack actually I don't really like that to be honest but anyways <laughs> I used to be very vain I used yeah, to be yeah. like I want the Abercrombie model right but right. then I got older and I was like I actually want I chest hair <laughs> but it's like all about how they like how they live in their skin you know and how they and the oh the fireworks Uh, you know i also was thinking about that there's so many oh where is it from the park i don't know no it's like lower than the park oh anyways but it's not even dark it seems like a waste i know it right yeah (laughs) anyways but but yeah that's I, i mean and now i'm taking this on a whole other tangent but I was listening to this podcast today about dating that I sent to you and attraction and they were talking about like dating on the apps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I've never, actually that's not, it's a lie. I did go on one date on a dating app and it was the worst date of my life. And I was like, never again. I'm like, why did I even do this? Um, actually I know why I did it because everyone around me, this is like years ago, everyone around me was telling me like you have to do like online dating and I which wanted them all to shut up so yeah. I was like fine and then I was realized I was totally not being true to myself like it's not what I wanted to do but anyways the point is that in this conversation they were talking about um you know how you can think you can like you know talk to somebody online and not meet them in person they meet them in person within 30 seconds you know and it's not about what I thought was so great about this conversation was like it's not about um whether they're good looking or not or any superficial is their essence and it's also like I feel like it's like a biological thing like something you're attracted to like the way I don't know I mean that's just my thought because like there's so many guys like I don't know thinking about like in my you know, since I've been single for a number of years now, you know, and like there have been guys that have been really wonderful and treat me really well, but I just don't feel anything for them. And it's not about Same. like, yeah, it's like you can have the most wonderful person in the world who's looking at you, yeah, saying, I'll commit to you, I would marry you, right? Let's do this thing, yeah. And you're, and it's like, just, I wish I could, but I, I wish just, I could, but yeah. it's just, I don't, 
Yeah. And then I get hung up. Right. Well, right. And even if it doesn't, and it has nothing to, and I hate when people are just like, oh, why don't you date him? Because he's so great and so nice and so blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it just doesn't work that way. I've also come around. Like, I've had, I've had some people in my life where my friends were like, you should be with this person. You guys are so great together as friends. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Years go by, suddenly something clicks that on has me, happened to me, and too. I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, like, I can see you now, I get it, time has passed, doesn't work out, but, yes. like, yes. it's yes. it's just, it's a timing thing, totally. taste changes, totally. you know, I mean, totally, totally. but also I can only speak to my experience of being in my 20s, right. <laughs> like, everything is changing all yeah. of the time, yeah. I feel like it's all conditioning, and a lot of my, like, prerequisites were very shallow, for what I wanted for a partner. Like, I was intrigued by fame. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by, like, height and look and, yes. and like, specific like, ooh, you're mysterious look. Yeah, and, and all like, this, yeah. Yeah, it's and just then... suddenly not attractive anymore. I'm like, whatever. I just mm-hmm. want a real guy who's yes. going like, to, gonna show do up. the work who's with gonna you. Who's going to freaking show up, yeah. Um, he's sexy, but, like, yeah. He, but, like, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Sexy is, is in the eye of the beholder, and the more you get to know someone, sometimes the sexier they become. Totally. It can, everything can grow, and not to say I would never get in a relationship with somebody that I wasn't immediately, or like, you know, yeah. somewhat in, like intrigued about. I would never yeah. be with someone because someone said it's nice. Well, that's and it. And you'll grow right? to love them. So that's yeah. not what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. But like, yeah, but like, if you're lucky, everything keeps growing in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's true. It's like, you don't have to, um, like, you know, some of the the most successful relationships I've seen of people, they were friends for a really long time first, um, and there wasn't, like, some immediate, like, super, like, crazy spark, but there was something in the person that intrigued them, and I think that's the key. There has to be something, a little something there, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to... Um, I always think that, like, when I feel guilty for not wanting to date somebody who really sees me and who treats me so well, and I, I do, I carry that guilt sometimes, like, oh, man, what, but why couldn't I just, you know, but I almost feel like it's not fair to them, but like, what, what, it's not fair to either of us to, like, just, you know, try that, and same, same way, like, that I don't want to be with somebody who isn't all in either, mm-hmm. you know, it so. Fades, you know? Totally. Anyways. Um, okay, so sorry, this thing's wobbling. Um, so I wanted to also touch on, um, we were just talking a little bit about, like, Elizabeth Gilbert, and you and I talk a lot about, off, kind of off the record, off this podcast, um, about um, artists and people that inspire us, you know, and who um, and, and podcasts and books and, and just people. Um, so I'm wondering, wondering if you could share on the podcast, you know, uh, maybe one or two people who right now are really moving you or inspiring you or totally. sparking you. I mean, you know, the creme de la creme, the Elizabeth Gilbert yes. for sure, um, Brene Brown, who's yes. like just killing it right now. I feel like she's everywhere. Um, those are two really inspiring women that have made me feel comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, You know, same. that have really helped. Um, at other times... Uh, I really enjoyed listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast. I would find... And the people that he would interview... Yeah. While, you know, I'd clean my Airbnb and put my headphones in, and while I'm, like, kind of hating cleaning my Airbnb because there's a million other creative things I could be doing, um, I'm sitting there doing my... And simultaneously feeling like, oh, I'm... I You know, creative spark is 
going off or like I'm taking notes. So yeah. podcasts are amazing. I just listened to the one I sent you. Yes. Um, Russell Brandt interviewed Brene Brown and it was hilarious. So good. I love Russell Brandt. I want to listen to more of what he does as well. Um, uh, I recently, Lee turned me on to the armchair expert, which is the oh, one yeah. that you were talking about where With Esther Perel, right? Well, uh, yeah, Esther oh. Perel is also amazing, but, yeah. um, you referenced that, uh, his interview with Liz Gilbert. Oh, right. That was the right. one where she talks about curiosity. Yeah. I highly recommend listening to it. Um, yeah, I think anybody who is talking, not anybody, but <laughs> the greats that are talking about, um, you know, self being vulnerable and like, and it's, they don't call it self-help anymore, but like self-love or self-work. Yeah. Um, and those, yeah, those are the names that like pop into my head immediately. Oh, I'm, I'm reading a book right now. I was waiting for you to say that. I knew it. I was like, how can I forget? I'm reading a book right now by Sally Mann, who, um, it was recommended to me because I put a call out on, uh, Felicity Buckwinder for inspiration for how I might curate a book when that time yeah. comes. And this book is, was recommended and I'm in love. She is an incredible writer. I had no idea. I just was like, oh, she's a photographer first. That's how I know of her. And I was like, oh, she'll, she'll probably be an okay writer, but it's a very visual book. So she includes lots of photos with her anecdotes and it just paints like the most beautiful picture. And it's been a long time since I've picked up a book and not wanted to put it down. Yeah. So that's the best feeling. I want to, I like want to, I want to, like, be in her family. Yeah. I'm like, how do I, how can I know you? I know you? that feeling. Like, like can you just adopt me, please? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, yeah. okay, you live in the South. Like, how can I come, how can I go meet you? Yes. And I'm, like, gonna. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel very hell-bent on it, so mark my words, internet. Yes. <laughs> Give me a couple years. I swear, when you have that, like, that spark, like, I've, I, I think I've met or collaborated with in some way like, almost everybody that I've had that kind of feeling about, which is kind of crazy to me when I really sit down and think about it, mm-hmm. but I think you can really sort of manifest it in a way, yeah, you there's know? There's just a drive. There is, that yeah. Is there. But I'm also like, you know, whatever, you might be private, <laughs> and, like kind of, and probably, <laughs> right. like, you don't want to, like, fuck with people like me, I get it. But I don't know, I just sort of, like, I feel very drawn to her, yeah. and it's not because of, like, any amount of celebrity, it's because I'm like, hey... You, you... connect with her. Yeah, there's yeah. just a lot that I, I connect with, and I'm like, we are of the same weird sphere of, like, energetics mm-hmm. out there in the world. I just know it. So, um... That's, that's the best, and that's why I always say it, but it's so wonderful about books, and podcasts now, too, you know, and, and just storytelling in general, is that you get to you know, people that you may not even ever meet, or maybe you will meet them, but you don't know them yet. And you can hear their story and it can strike a chord and you feel so seen in it, you know? Yeah. And, and there's, um, I don't know, that's like the best healer, I think, out there, you know? Yeah, so we'll see. If anyone out there knows Sally Mann, hook a sister up. Yeah. <laughs> in not a weird way. Like, <laughs> right. have a barbecue or something and invite me. I promise I'll be cool. Oh, man. <laughs> you know who I actually really want to meet who I haven't yet is Patty Smith. Oh, that her book is my next one up oh. for the project. Oh, she's yeah, because she's hers something was special. recommended as and well. I've heard. I mean, I, you know, I know one of our mutual friends um, knows her well and mm. said um, said she's just such a delight. You know, and Can't I think it. and my sister got to wait on her actually at Shape and East 
where she works and said she was just the nicest person too. Everyone says the nicest yeah, things about her. Your sister works at Chez Panisse. She does. Great. I used to live right around the corner. No. What? How did I, I know never, this? Well, I mean, I, we didn't really talk about my Berkeley days. Yeah, we need to talk about that because my sister now lives around the corner, so I wonder if it's in Shattuck in Virginia. I okay, mean, no, she's not in Virginia, but I lived on Virginia. Okay, right there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's a good area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that so was cool. one. That was the first like when I moved out of. I graduated high school when I was seventeen. Moved in with my boyfriend at the time who was going to Cal. Uh huh. And and we got an apartment together, and that was it. And it was such a weird year. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. That's a good experience to have, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, had, I never knew. Look, look, look what I learned. I learned on the podcast. That's yeah. Great. Um, well, we've only been housemates for like. Okay, that's a good point. We have a month. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a lot of deep conversations, so yeah. we haven't gone through all the details of our lives. Um, totally. I was just gonna say that I can't wait for you to be Joyce Johnson. I think you're gonna have a similar. I think it's just mm-hmm. my 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 suspicion that you're gonna have a similar kind of um who's gonna resonate with you in some ways. I need to yeah. like clear my calendar slash like. Yeah fix all of my bad habits so I can have more time to read because oh, I am too. a complete like before bed Instagram junkie rather than reading you it's, know yeah and I think a lot so, of a lot of people and are I want to like wake up and read yeah. and like meditate and do all yeah. these really kind things for my body but instead I'm like I love bed I'll <laughs> work from bed for an hour right what everybody tells you not to do because you're not supposed to associate your bed with work you're supposed to associate it with relaxing sweet time like don't even watch tv in bed like just go to sleep in bed i know that's what they say they that's say just they say. say just sleep and sex in bed and that's it right yep but i don't i don't know i just have yeah. such bad habits i've just i'm a bed junkie i have been since i was a kid if totally. i can stay in bed until 10 30 and but i've spent the last hour answering emails or like p- making a post then do I, you but do you like so my thing is i love staying in bed in the mornings but i get I, as soon as I wake up, I get so excited about eating breakfast. Nope. Really? I, oh, I I've had to you. train myself to eat breakfast. Really? I used to be just a matcha right. person. I would have, like, matcha would be my breakfast, and then I wouldn't eat until... Granted, I'm, like, waking up at 9.30 uh, to the rest of the world who's getting up at a more productive hour, but I'm going <laughs> to bed late, you know, creative night owl minds. Um, waking up at 9.30, but then not eating until, like, you know, 12.30. But wow. I'd have, like, a bowl of tea, essentially. Right, right. With, like, a little bit of collagen powder, and then it's caffeine. And that... Because it almost felt like, now that there's all this stuff coming out about fasting, it's uh-huh. like I would eat, and then I would get... I would, yeah. I'd get a little bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. But now I'm doing, like, avo toast with a little bit of Vegemite, thanks to my Australian boyfriend, who... It is not gross, America. It's really good. It's not gross. I've had a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you just tried it, so... <laughs> yeah. Believe. But, yeah, so now I am... I am becoming more hungry now that I'm uh, domesticated and shacked up and <laughs> yes. men and he wants to eat. Right. So you're kind of like acclimating to that. Yeah. Um, so before we get into your like favorite things, um, w- the one question I always want to ask everybody is, and you mentioned that you go through some depression mm-hmm. bouts like so many of us do, um, which I'm so just happy that we're all talking about it more now. 
And, um... Yeah, it was very taboo back in the it day. It sure was. It sure was. I, I still remember, like, not even that long ago, talking about going to therapy and the way... It would be, like, crickets. Like, silence. Be like... Now it's like, oh, yeah, well, who's your therapist? You know? It's, like, yeah, so everyone, different. If you're, if you're doing something right, everyone's got one. Right, right. And if you don't have the money, don't use that as an excuse. I'm... I'm going to therapy and I'm paying 40 bucks a session totally. because I'm going to see an intern at, like, a really good clinic. And sometimes that can be better because they're really, like... They're yeah, learning they're, and they're, they're, hungry, you know, they're for hungry for it. Yeah. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah. So, like, don't use that as an excuse, people. If you're interested in therapy, go to therapy. Totally. Make it happen. Yeah. Um, so what I do want to ask is um, when you're going through, whether it's about a depression or even just waking up feeling shitty for a day, like, what what helps you to move through that and get yourself on the other side of it? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a... I think there's a level of factors. Like, I have spent a lot of my time uh, traveling, and I have found that pretty consistently when I would come back from traveling, it was almost like coming off of a drug trip. I would, like, come home, I would spin out because now I have all of this tedious shit to do. I own my home in Portland, so... I'm like, oh my god, the backyard's a mess, this is a mess, all this clutter here, my room is full of clothes and crap that is, like, piling out of my suitcase, um, my plants are dying because <laughs> I didn't, you know, yes. delegate the watering or I wasn't clear enough about that, you know, whatever. So that, like, overwhelm will can lead me to depression. Um... <sighs> You know, the only way that I've been able to really move through that is just to start doing shit and then to remind myself that it doesn't all need to get done that day. I say that, though, and every time I come home without fail, I fall into the same pattern. And I'm constantly having to, like, talk myself off the overwhelm ledge. And I'm really hungry for a better way. Mm. Part of me has been like, if I had less, I would have less to care about. But, like, at the same time, this house provides income when times are tough Mm -hmm. so I need I really do my best to practice gratitude for it rather than resentment right and be like oh the roof the pipes the Mm -hmm. this the that the money drain like I I have to think about like wow what a beautiful space it is Mm -hmm. it's a place for me to host it's a place for me to feel safe Mm -hmm. um and yeah to feel to feel held so it's like I guess it would be practicing gratitude. I mean, I have so much, um, empathy for people that really struggle with it on a chemical level. I have no doubt that, like, some of my bouts are chemical, but, like, people that cannot pull themselves out of it for days on end, and maybe they're also simultaneously struggling with anxiety. Like, I used to be really, like, oh, antidepressants are awful, but, like, I've had some friends get on them and it's been just fine. But I think that there's I think that there's like a a fine line between like practicing things that are good for you yeah. and like be that like go out and take a walk. Like go call a friend and take a walk. Um usually when I'm depressed I feel like seeing nobody but that's not always good for right. me. Right. I have the same thing. But I just want to isolate myself and then I realize that's exactly the opposite of what I need. But it's a fine line between saying yes to something you're not up for. So, right. like, if a friend invited me to go to a concert or a big party or something, I, that's not what I'm searching exactly. for. But I am searching probably for some kind of, like, a walk in yes, a nice neighborhood yes. or a tea exactly. with somebody that I know loves me and you feel for safe who with. I am. Definitely. So I'll I'll try and do that or I'll try and do something where I'll feel a, a little bit of accomplishment. Yeah. It, you know, um, like, 
I have a long to-do list always. So, like, trying to check a few things off that. Yeah. Meditating, you know, but sometimes when I try to meditate my mind, they call it monkey mind. You know, I cannot silence it. It goes every which direction. Um, but I do it, you know. It's worth a shot. Why not? Ten minutes a day. Like, just try it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you're feeling, you know, out of, out of sorts. Yeah. So, I think, I think those are the biggest things I do for myself and then just practicing acceptance for it and acknowledging that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Because that's how it used to feel. It was like, I keep relating everything to a bad drug trip, but it was like, if you got, like, I used to get too stoned as a kid or whatever, as a teenager, and I would, like, sink into the couch and I wouldn't be able to move and I couldn't talk to anybody and I would be like, oh my god, is this forever? Like, am I like this now forever? And I think, you know, in the way that I would wake up depressed some days, I'd be like, am I gonna be like this forever? The hard thing is when I wake up the following day and I'm still depressed. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Like, usually it's only a day and, like, I've had times where I, you know, go and talk to Lee in the backyard and I break out in tears. Yeah. And I feel helpless. And I'm sure I did that last year when I was feeling like my art wasn't inspiring me. I was single um, with, like, no real prospects. Like, I was maybe dating, but it felt just, like, shallow and Mm -hmm. empty. And so, you know, I mean, I just think the best thing you can do is think about when you are genuinely happy. And if that's, like going on a hike in nature and remembering what it feels like to be simple and small and connected and connected find time to go on a hike even if by the time you schedule it it's three days later and you're not depressed anymore like do that for yourself or I'll write music like I write songs and I don't like to share them with the world all that often but um but that helps me I have so many that I've written and I play guitar not very great (laughs) I'm not very good at it but um but it gets me through, and then I feel a sense of accomplishment having written a song. Yeah, and I think it's, you bring up a good point, too, that it's, um, I think it's important for people to remember that, you know, just because you make art doesn't mean you have to share it, and it can be so healing to just, like you said, write a song. I do a lot of writing I don't think people, anyone will ever see, but it it makes me feel a whole lot better when I'm feeling down, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I just think that's important. Like, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, like, the best writer or the best um, uh, singer or the best whatever photographer to just go out and do, you know, if explore. It, yeah. And, and explore yourself. If it feels like a release, do it. Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I sing and it feels like a release. Yes. I've done it since I was in preschool. I remember singing at the top of my lungs with, like, a Walkman with, like, the headphones on going down the street and my mom had to, like, stop me and be like, everybody <laughs> can hear you. Yeah. Like, just because you can't hear yourself. Like, I remember that moment of being like, I can't sing Billie Jean at the top of my lungs <laughs> while I'm walking down the street in San that. Francisco. Yeah. You know? Shit. Um, or, you know... <laughs> flash forward to when I'm in eighth grade and I'm belting Christina Aguilera off of our deck out into the 40 acres of woods, but our neighbors live to the right of us and I think they can't hear me and they can they hear can totally every hear bit of it. But release, you know, during a really angsty oh, totally. time when my hormones were going crazy, that's how I released it. And that is still such a big part of me to this time. And then, so I write this music or I, I sing and I do this thing and and it is, it is like the most vulnerable part of me. And I've had people be like, why don't you, like, you should share that. Like, why don't you do an open mic? Like, you're, you know, you're pretty good. Like, why don't you put that out there? And I'm like, I don't, 
I don't need to. Yeah, like, exactly. I have, yeah. I have so many friends that are amazing musicians, and honestly, I don't really want them to know because I don't want... You know, there is a part I feel, of me I, I that get is, it. I feel that way, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a part yeah. of me that's like, ee, like, I don't, um, I'm embarrassed. But, because I know when I'm, like, tone deaf at certain parts, or, like, I go, you know, it's not pitch perfect, but, but, yeah, the, the act of doing it is really good. And then I meet somebody, like, I have a friend that I've been friends with for 10 years, and we recently went on a camping trip in the woods in his van, and I was sitting in the van, and he had a little guitar, and I picked it up and started playing and singing, for him, which I would have never done because I had a little crush on him and and I would have normally been mortified. Mm -hmm. And he just stopped in his tracks and was like, we've been friends for 10 years and I had no idea this was part of you. And so, and he was just like, I want to record, like, can I record you? Like, can, will you sing, will you send me some of your stuff? You know, and I, and I felt so like accepted and loved in that. Because you, you broke down, you like let him see you, a part of you that you hadn't shared before. And that's like, that's, that's really, that's a testament to your friendship, you know, to to say that you can, um, that's so cool. And to feel validated, too, after that, you know? Yeah. To be like, that's really cool. And it was a beautiful yeah. moment. And then when I met my current boyfriend, Andy, uh, that weekend, like, I sat in a room in front of him and Birdie, my mentor, yeah. and her partner, Henry. And um, But we're sitting there in this room on one of the last nights, and Henry has brought his guitar, and I pick it up, and I play a song that I've written. And Andy... At the time, like, you know, we're, we've slept together recording each other, but, like, it's still very fresh, and, and he still brings it up as being, like, this time that he, like, almost cried because Aww. he was so moved and just was so in awe. And, you know, I think those little things is, like, when someone sees me in that moment, I'm like, yeah. I feel so appreciated. Yeah, and totally. so yeah. Oh, man, that's great. That's, thank you for sharing all mm-hmm. that. So now we're going to do the final part, which is, uh, sort of more rap- rapid fire mm-hmm. style of some of your favorite things. So, how about a favorite either album or song? The hard one for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in such a saturated um, world, album or song? I mean, I love I love everything that Gregory Alan yeah. Isakoff has done. Um, a mutual. That's how friend. we met. That's how we met. We met mm-hmm. backstage at um, Red Rocks last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never grown tired of his stuff. Yeah, I, it, it, like, before I ever knew him or got to work for him, his music got me through some really tough stuff. Um, so, I mean, I love everything Gregory does, but, like, on the flip side, I love SZA, S-Z-A. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can put on that album at any time and love every single song. So, uh, I think her track, uh, Drew Barrymore, is a personal fave. I gave her my inhaler once. Um. <laughs> uh, excuse me, how? I also so, love everything Anderson Pock does. Like, oh, that's I actually it's well, I'll tell you stories yeah, okay. about him afterwards. But um, I um, I it's funny you mentioned her because she's so sweet. But I remember that it was one of these things where I, I, we were backstage um and at, at like a festival South by Southwest, and um, she was like, oh my gosh, like she didn't have her inhaler, and I had mine on, and I just gave it to her, and I'm like. After I gave it to her, she's like, thank you so much. And I was also like, what, what did I just do? Like, yeah, I, what I am I going to do if exactly, I have an attack? Exactly. But, but luckily, nothing happens. That's good. So, yeah. Best case scenario. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so anyways. No, I love, I mean, yeah, I don't know great. too much about her, like, as a person or an artist, but, like. Super sweet person. Her, that album and um, with her sitting in front of all the televisions, I love it so much. 
Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I love a lot of, like, Solange, like, that other, the album that had, like, Cranes in the Sky. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on, but, like, yeah, SZA, Solange, anything Anderson Park. Nice, nice. Yeah. How about a favorite place? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> oh, I know, I, that's right, I knew you were going to ask me because I listened to your um, Pico, yeah. Pico interview. Uh, I love Nevada City, where I grew mm. up. I think much like how Pico talks about places as friends, I have almost felt like they were lovers. (laughs) Like, when I moved to Portland, or when I first visited Portland, I fell in love with it immediately. It was, like, love at first sight, and that was... I visited, I think, 11 years ago, um, when I was set up in Santa Cruz and living there and not going to move. But, um... So when I moved... When I felt... Like, I fell in love with Portland, and I I knew immediately, like, I'm going to live there one day. Um... And now I'm here, and I'm living my life, and I almost kind of feel like my relationship with Portland has, like, maybe run its course. Like, I'm like, oh, this has been a really beautiful eight-year thing, but, like, I don't know if you really want to be open. I'm feeling like I need a little bit more. Right. We might need to break up. I mean, that's, that's kind of, like, a crazy thing to say because I own my home and I'm very set up, but, like, it's a great way to transition into this, like, move of me spending half my time in Australia right. and makes it a bit easier for me to make that move. Totally. But favorite place? Nevada City. I mean, every time I go back, I feel such pride to be from there um, and to have grown up there. I Every time I go back, I feel like I'm resetting my batteries. Mm. I feel like it feels like home in the best way um so yeah I mean but I don't see myself wanting to go back there to live yeah it's but it holds something special to you mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's I think that's definitely oh yeah top place awesome um how about a favorite book so hard to say I start so many books and then never finish them because I'm, I'll read them all the way to almost the end, 95%. This is like me too. (laughs) Because I'm like, as long as I don't finish, I can always keep going. Um, But that being said, like, I don't read that much because of my bad habits and because, (laughs) like, I'm always thinking, like, if I'm going to take time to read, I could be taking time to, like, edit photos or create Mm, work or promote this or that or, you know, so... Right now, Amy Mann, or I'm sorry, Sally Mann, I always want to do that, not Amy Mann, <laughs> not the artist, Yes, yes. not the musician, um, yeah, Sally Mann's book, uh, Hold Tight, I think yeah. that's what it's called, uh, love that one, but like, Big Magic was really big for me, um, a few years ago when I needed it. Yeah, so yeah, totally. So I would totally. say those yeah. two books are, are Good, I can't wait to read mm-hmm. the, the, the one you're reading now. Um, how about a favorite, um, podcast? I know we've talked a little bit about that already, but. I'm so fickle. Like, I bounce all over the place. I do that with too. my favorite. My favorite podcast is yours, of course. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so if you could rephrase that as, um, besides mine, <laughs> get a little bit more comfortable answering this question. Um, I really, like, I went through my phase, I mean, yeah, I went through my phase with Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. uh, I've listened to a bit of um, This Is 30, but I think right oh, now yeah. I'm really liking Dax Shepard's yeah. um, Armchair Expert. Totally. Just right now, though. Yeah, you know? I exactly. don't see it lasting forever. It's a sure. fling, but yeah, it's, it's a good. Fling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I know. I feel like that happens a lot with podcasts. It's like a fling. The one that I've is a like serious relationship is on being for me. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally. the one I always come back to. Um, okay, so how about a favorite... Um, Memory. What's a favorite memory? Favorite memory of all the memories of my life. Yeah. 
I have to choose only one. I have so you know, many. I know, that's a tricky one. Why don't you give me more than one then? I can try and go through them pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I have a memory of being on tour with Above and Beyond, the people that kind of gave me my break in music photography, and having this sort of almost famous mm. moment of feeling like my dreams were coming true. Um, one time in particular on this last tour I did with them a couple years ago, uh, I was just sitting on the bus editing, and I was, like, really in the flow, and I think I was, like, in the back lounge watching... Um, save the last dance and everyone was doing their own thing and it was by all means not the most glamorous moment but it was so vivid of a moment of me being like whoa wait like I'm here doing this I've become a little bit desensitized to it but I'm so grateful yeah so there was that I mean music moments of music photography have always kind of been the thing to jolt me into the present. Yeah. I would say when I was on tour with Gregory in Europe, I had a number of these moments where he'd be doing sound check in like a church or um, some amazing venue and I, or we'd be like cruising the back streets of Amsterdam together and I would just have to pinch myself yeah. because I was a total fan you know, not but, like, a couple years earlier, and yet here we were just chumming it up, like, such good friends, um, and it all felt so natural, so, and I was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I love just getting under the covers of these, of, like, these people or these productions yeah. and getting to see, like, what's really going on behind and forge these really intimate relationships with people and, like, meeting Steve on that same tour. We like, love you, Steve! Love you, Steve! <laughs> you know, Steve <laughs> has become such a beautiful friend and we, we had yeah. such, like, enriching conversations. Um, totally. Yeah. You know, it's funny, with the, the common thread of those two stories and it's something that I realized that, like, I think all my favorite memories have in common is that you recall the gratitude you felt in that moment right mm -hmm. and like that's yeah it's it's so beautiful when you are just holding this space inside of yourself just feeling like wow this life is pretty incredible yeah and you know that's what a, a memory can yeah that, that can that those moments can really jolt at us I right? think that's when it paints the most vivid picture yeah I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I felt it on the top of Machu Picchu totally. when I was 21, like, finally seeing, getting out of my comfort zone and, and going international for the first time and being up there with my sister after having hiked this huge mountain with no water because we're dipshits and didn't know we were going to hike it. We just were like, this will be a great view. And then getting to the top and I put on my headphones and I listened to um, Tallest Man on Earth and mm. it's like I had never heard of him and my friend had just given me this song and um, love is all and, and I just like remember eating a mango that we had gotten in the mm. market and, and but feeling gratitude yeah. and just so impressed with everything around me. So yeah, I think I think the moments where you feel the most gratitude are are the best ones. Oh, there's so many memories. I know. I'm so sentimental. You just can't ask me to choose. <laughs> I love it. And that goes back to my first question. I think that's one of the things I really love about you, that you are very sentimental. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're a kindred spirit, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, we are now um, talking, and it's pitch black outside. When we first started <laughs> talking, it was sunlight. So I don't know how long it's been, but I think we've had a lengthy conversation. <laughs> Probably. I don't even know when we started. Let's see. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this was such a delight and so fun to do a recorded conversation. I know. Ask and, me anything, anytime. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do this again. I think I think we should do a part two at some point with you, me, and Lee. 
Yeah. That would be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll come back. But um, thank you it. for doing this, and, and I can't wait for everyone to get to know you you a bit more, not just your beautiful photography. Thank you so yeah. much. Musings with Monse, artists and their honest stories, is audio produced by the amazing Erin Mooring, and the beautiful theme music you hear is by Heather Maloney.